Hi, everybody. It's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. I have a special guest who's returning to speak with us today, Shay Elise Allen. Welcome to the call and thank you for your time, Shay. Thank you for having me, Joey. Shay is our transformational guide and she takes an interest in embodiment, uh, empowerment, women's midlife transitions. Um, but just before we clicked record, we're sort of like, you know, what do we say? What's that? You know, we need these labels and descriptions. But Shay's so much more than all of that. And for me, I th- I really see Shay as a fellow human being, deeply committed to the path of consciousness, connection to the body, to one's own authentic felt truth and a sense of collective evolving together. And they're all qualities I really aspire to myself and feel energized from. So welcome to the call today, Shay. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be here and I'm excited to talk to you again. Mm. So I've been pondering and pensive recently. I'm writing my second book and it's cracked open all these inner conversations that have had nowhere to go. So it's been a very healing process for me in capturing all these threads within myself and putting them into words and onto paper. And you kept coming up for me, Shay, as you know, oh, I just would love to talk about this with Shay. So the things I've been contemplating are some of the more hoo-hoo, la-la, soft, difficult-to-describe concepts of energy and energetics, the vibrations that pass through the body, which is actually more of my scientific and academic background of how vibrational um sinusoids and pathways enter the ears and the auditory system as sound, but also as movement vibrations. And then I think we can go further into felt sensations and vibrations, thoughts, emotions as vibrational packages moving through the body and altering our experience and beliefs, spirituality, connections. So I've been looking at all this invisible stuff, life force, you know, there's so many other words we can use, prana, chi, so on. And it's been a really, really deep dive into looking at the subtle aspects of how, honestly, how I honor my sacredness. That feels like a really central theme. That's been a difficult thing for me to grow into, um, but I feel like I'm much further along the line now. And as I drop into a felt sense in my body of my own miracle that I am and my sacredness, my life force, my purpose and my contribution to the wider cosmos and planet. I feel like at a really subtle level, I'm much more able to go into my body and notice my cellular awareness, really feel the breath moving through my body in a deep way. Not that I couldn't do that academically, but 20 years of yoga experience and all this training and noticing thoughts and something shifted subtly that's taken me from that doing task to-do list. We're doing a body scan or doing breath exercises or doing a trick and us in a triangle pose 
to really embodying it and feeling it and feeling the channels above and below open and a real movement of what I would describe as swirling or spiral-like life force and energy moving through my body. Um, And Shay, I was just really curious to flesh this out as almost a, a tabletop fun conversation on energetics, energy, life force. And to start with, do you want to have a little brainstorm or a go at languaging? Because language is hard and tricky and often just doesn't do us justice in this realm. How would you describe for you this felt sense of energy moving through your body, accessing your life force? Um, I'm curious to hear it in your words, some of your experience. Mm. It's a, it's a really difficult thing to language and it's something in my work over the past seven years that I've found mm. probably the hardest thing to do is that I have been as a somatic body worker and, and a somatic coach and guiding women through um, these realms, um, really trusting in the mystery of it and trusting in um, the, the inner knowing that doesn't actually have um, an accompanying language. Mm. Um, that said, uh, I think when I think about it for myself, what comes up for me straight away is a felt trust. Mm. I felt trust in in the very um, essence of, of who I am, um, in the very essence of my being. And that felt trust then enables me to uh, open to a, a greater feeling sense mm-hmm. beyond what needs to be measured or explained or understood. And I think in there lies the, the, the challenge really in, in articulating and sharing these experiences mm. is, the, is the trust to actually let go of, of the mind Mm. And to really allow, I think in doing that, we really allow um, a greater felt sense of of what it is we're connecting to. Um, You know, it's it's the mystery that all the the poets and and the philosophers and and the mystics have um, have put you know have put word have tried to put words to and have tried have have inquired about. Um, for eons Um, so yeah so yeah in saying all that I I, reiterating it's it's a hard thing to put words to however there are there are there are portals there are opening points Mm. to this energy and there are fundamental aspects within us I would say trust and safety being the fundamental ones that enable us to explore this realm. Mm. And I think coming back to that term sacredness, for me it feels like something clicked. It was after birthing my second baby when my energetic porousness was so beautifully soft and fluid and I was right in the groundlessness of vulnerability but so willing and so present and deeply fascinated by the process, Um, this question of sacredness came to me, uh, you know, about life, full life, not just myself, but everything. And this sense that 
everything is so ephemeral and transient and every present moment is actually just gone. It's like I went through this period of grief because I was just griefing every moment that was like it's never coming back. Mm. And somehow that stepped me into the church of life and it felt like I was standing at the altar of life as I allowed myself step step and be and live and pause and acknowledge this place of presence, which was very much a a moving feeling through my body. Um, And then I think I began just from that place, I also noticed it felt like I could hear further. I would hear more birds. I'd be really attuned to the, the wider world. I would hear really meaningful or just gauge really meaningful thoughts, conversations, memories, wisdoms, intuitions, um, and also able to almost contact the felt sense of life force in plants and other and even inanimate objects that some kind of life force has got that material to that material form. Um, So just a very connected place, which was at times incredibly scary, quite um, groundlessness was the the major feeling. And then as I started going back into the world and um, I suppose my hormones leveled out as well, so the porousness would have closed in a bit and I began to get moments of having a hardened heart and a hardened experience and agenda and destination and got to be here or got to go there and shoulds and the task force. And I just started to notice the linear feeling of that, the hard edges, the hollowness, the the push, the urgency, the rush. And my body was just going, hmm, it's different. (laughs) And it was becoming a reminder to come back and explore the softness and the openness and how to cultivate that sense of sacred intention, purposeful non-doing, purposeful being, purposeful interconnectedness and and oneness um, and how to effectively live like that without having the anchor of um, little babies, pregnancy or hormones, which I think is a portal, a really rich portal into that space if we're willing to flow with it so this is my inquiry of how do I be a a non-pregnant (laughs) non-breastfeeding non-hormonally charged woman and still have access to these really rich energetic connected vulnerable alive places um so before I pass it on to you Shay the some of the most key things I felt in this awakening or even you might call it thawing you know a thawing of the ice within myself and coming back to these energetic vibrational patterns that lodge into the body, lots of undigested life experience and trauma that was like frozen inside of me. So parts of me I'm unable to access. And that could be muscle tensions. It could be repetitive thought processes or just, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough beliefs. But it was thawing and I was in this process of actively watching myself thaw and staying in the body and staying present And probably the two key words that I felt I embodied and I liked were availability. I suddenly felt more available. I just had these present pauses where I could be available 
for whatever spontaneously was around or arising, whether that be a creative idea or a crying child or I was available for other people's stuff as opposed to completely chock-a-block full of my own undigested um, life. Um, So availability was a really interesting place to explore and aliveness. I felt my spectrum and possibility of staying in my body and being alive really, really broadened that window of tolerance or range of resilience Mm. um, that I was able to let more and more intense vibrations move through my body. And if I wanted to language them using English, I might say I was able to access more anger, sadness, hurt, pain, grief, rejection, abandonment, loss, hatred, disgust, and stay with that vibration and that experience with genuine loving curiosity and awareness. It wasn't a practice or a tool or an effort. It was just the vibration didn't frighten me. And then Mm. I think on the equal and opposite other spectrum, I was able to experience more pleasure in my body, um, higher levels of sort of curiosity and awe, um, places that I otherwise might not go very often. Um, Yeah. They're the words coming to me right now. So aliveness and availability to me feel really linked in with this energetic life force business Mm. um, that I feel isn't spoken about in a frank and earnest way very often. It's often, you know, crystals and light healing and Mm. so on and so forth. Um, Yeah. I think that um, when we circle back to what you were saying about sacredness, Mm. And and then picking up on what you just said about, you know, the, the crystals and the light healing and the desire to want to be in that space, in that space that we believe is sacred, we forget that the contrast is sacred mm-hmm. and, and the contrast that we experience when we do move into the very natural, linear, doing mind activated ways of being human Mm. that that, you know that that is needed and that that contrast helps us to uh, make sense of and understand and open more deeply to um, what it is that is um, that that our heart purely seeks Mm. and and that overarching experience is sacred Mm. and I think that's not talked about enough it's that there's a there's a thought process or a an, um, a philosophy that we we seek um, we seek the light, yeah, and and we don't um, honor the contrast um, in just, a way that is helpful. Mm. You've just cracked open something for me, which I can almost feel like a <clears throat> a wave of like anger. Um, mm that I feel like there's been very, very, very successful conditioning around dismissing intuition, not trusting the body, and not viewing the body as a sacred vessel. It is my church. This is mm. this is it right here, my body, the eternal here and now. Tomorrow never arrives. And 
yesterday's already transformed me. And I feel like I'm going to turn 40 at the end of this year and I'm just starting to really go back to some of the questions I had as an eight-year-old, which when, when the conditioning had already really set in, but I remember feeling this just doesn't make sense to me. You know, why would you go to some church and stand up and sit down when some man up there tells you to? None of it really made sense to me. Um, And then at school we'd learn about wars that were based on religious misunderstandings or conflict and just it's seeking this outer. And there's a, a, a deep healing and beautiful need for humans to have external connection and intimacy and um connectedness togetherness belonging tribe but that in my opinion that should never be at the cost of one's energy personal energy and life force it should never be at the cost of one's independent connection to self free thought and truly moving forwards on our globe i think celebrating more independent thinking and independent expression, true diversity beyond all the isms and labels, but true independent thinking and diversity could be the diversity our planet needs for survival, you know, and there's been this there's been this incredibly successful conditioning that somehow our bodies don't know what they're doing and we need external experts to continually fix us or creams, <laughs> or lotions and potions. And um, I guess I get quite sceptical when I see people or institutions giving out prescriptions and generic instructions. One of the key central explorations of my book is this acknowledgement that how one person digests a lived experience energetically and how that life force enters their body, lodges into their body, digests and moves through their body as elimination will be a completely unique experience. Like the concepts are the same. There, there is, There's a life experience coming in with that mental, emotional, spiritual, invisible input. That energy and life force will transform and move and shift in the body just like when we eat a bowl of pasta. And then if we're not able to cope with that, stay in the body and feel through it, it can be undigested and remain in the body for decades. And that's that's tripping up unused life force. It's creating traffic jams internally, which lodge into our physiology and then manifest physically in the body as physical disease. And I think my vertigo and tinnitus community will relate to that with their repeating neurological patterns of tinnitus or vertigo with no known cause, and it's this life force that's entered them, this energetic vibrational bundle that hasn't yet been digested. So the body is screaming at them to come home, to feel through it, to stay with it, to enter that sacred place where the body is my 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 vehicle. Um, so, yeah, that's something that feels important to me to, to talk about is that I don't think anyone would really argue with the fact that energy is moving from A to B in different ways all the time. Um, And life force is this enigmatic, immaterial thing that helps a little seed grow into a seedling, grow into a tree, and helps a baby grow in a mother's womb and helps us have our life 
and aliveness until our life force goes and we dies. So my inquiry is really around how is this moving through the body for each and every person? Um, and one of the beautiful things of writing about it is maintaining this sense of mystery and this constant inquiry that there is no there are no answers here. Mm. <laughs> There's no rule book. No, there's not. And how, yes, how um, are people um, digesting this energy? And also what is the relationship mm. to it, um, I think, is the other question. Um, what is the relationship to the body? Is the body something that needs to be fixed? Is mm. the body something that always needs to be something different? Does it always need to be in a complete state of health or can we approach the body when our body is not in a complete state of health from a, a loving, um, holding inquiry mm -hmm. and, and, and feel into the body without needing to change it? Can we be present with the body mm -hmm. and give the body the space to do what it miraculously does? I mean, our body is constantly... Um, digesting, our heart is beating, our, our brain synapses are working, you know, like everything is happening without us having to make sense of it or force it. Mm. And and then, you know, we, we have um, something happen to our body like um, we have vertigo or um, like we have a digestive issue or um, or something is happening within our body um, that we then feel a contraction around mm. and and we want to shift, we want to change. We don't want that in our body. Mm. So we want to push it away. We want, we want it to go away rather than being able to hold that loving space. And when we want to push it away, when we reject what's going on in the body, we contract. Mm. We contract and then it becomes undigested mm. and... And so therefore, if we can come to the body from a place of, of softness, if we can just sit with the body and hold ourselves in whatever it is that's going on for us, mm. we expand. There's a sense of expansion and softness that occurs. And in that expansion and softness is what we talked about in the very beginning. It's that, it's that energetic experience that's actually quite mystical mm. and and something happens in that space that really uh, supports the body to become more alive and more free. Yeah, expansion is the perfect word. And even if we're to, to think about, so our body's full of physical matter, bones, blood, muscles, physical things that we can test and look at and photograph and touch. And so as these vibrational packages, this invisible mystical energy and life force and experience as that's entering our body and potentially going in but not being felt through and we don't have the presence all the time to be in the body and sometimes we don't have the emotional space. So we might we, we have an experience and we go, whoa, that was full on and we push it aside and we carry on with life. And then as that experience in the body starts to talk to us, whether it's an aching sacrum or a migraine or, as Shay said, you know, eczema, sore voice, whatever, fatigue we all know this we we experience this in our human path 
as the body starts to give us that bodily sensation of, hey, I'm talking to you, I've got something here that doesn't belong to me that's ready to be digested when you're ready and when you've got space, when we push that away, deny, distract, ignore, numb, medicate, and we really activate that fight, flight, freeze, sympathetic nervous system, and we end up in those muscle contractions and the busy, loud, fast thoughts and possibly the beliefs of I hate this, get rid of this, I, I should be better, why can't I be like other people, you know, comparison, all of this toxicity sets in and it's like the experience lodges into the body as this vibrational package that that gives it gives it all to you. You get the physical symptoms, you get the mental worry, you get the emotional onslaught of anxiety and so on, and you get the beliefs of I can't, I'm a failure, I'm inadequate, not good enough. I don't belong here. So we get the full package. And as Shay was saying, when we can start to recognize that we're winning, the minute we can recognize, oh, wow, I'm I'm in this. I've got the fight flight. I'm trying to ignore it and push through. We're already starting to soften, just the noticing. And then can we have more space to be with that mindfulness state to then energetically let ourselves be more present. And this is clunky and awkward and difficult and often it really doesn't feel nice. It does. It feels the not quite rights. Um, but as we practice and we have that support to keep coming back home to the body to be curious, genuinely curious and kind, we get this energetic expansion. And then it's like the, as the body can breathe and open up and if we can move if we can breathe and if we can make sound and help the expansion, help the body digest and absorb, in that expanse, expansiveness, it's like the life force and energy has somewhere to go. And as Shay said, we don't have to do, there's nothing to fix. We don't have to do anything academically or mentally Behind the scenes, our neurological system will reorganize its mapping. The body will, through that conscious awareness of the stress state, the body will reorganize itself magically. It will figure out what adapts best for it and the life force will move through. We absorb the nutrient from that experience and then we eliminate what we don't need, which again is an elimination of the invisible. But people will often say, you know, I feel lighter, I feel taller, I feel softer. And for myself, I know if I have a, a lot of un undigested experience and emotional clutter, um, at, at worst, I haven't had this for, for probably over 10 years now, but at worst it would be a migraine and a lot of tension around the head, neck and shoulders and such a palpable lightness, softness, um, and warmth once I've been bedridden and actually done the work and moved through it. Um, do you have any examples, Shay? And you can sort of think it through if you want to, but I've just been thinking of a few examples of this myself where I've gone gone through that digestive process more consciously. Um because I think that's a really juicy way to look at it. You know, this life force is going to come through us whether we choose it or not. <laughs> Wake up and there's inputs. You know, it's not just social media or newsreels or um, but it's 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 not even just conversations of what's entering us. It's what we see, it's what the body perceives and feels subconsciously. 
It's the awkward silences. It's the looks of judgment or the the tone in someone's voice. It's a silent expectation that we should somehow weigh this much, earn this much, do this much. It's all of this silent input that's potentially triggering us and lodging into the body and we just keep on doing life. Mm. Um, does anything... All of, yeah, all of those things trigger us um, in the way you've just described, but also they trigger us when we need to pause mm. because when we need to pause, that's when we're forced to um, to look at um, the the culture of the world that we're operating within and we're doing something that feels culturally against the grain when we when we pause and we don't take a headache tablet or we don't push on or we don't just ignore it my experience of going through an early menopause five years ago um is a really fine example of this and having gone through all of the hormonal shifts um, that is a portal as um, in, in the same way as, as mm. giving birth, as you just explained earlier, um, that really brings everything into su- such a sharp focus um, as to um, it, as to what might as, as to what you might perceive might need to change within you. Um, and for me, I've had an experience of um, listening so much more deeply to my body through that experience. Yeah. And acknowledging recently, I, I was talking to you earlier about the gut, about the gut healing. Mm. So acknowledging that the, the gut needs to heal and experiencing the vulnerability of that. Mm. It's it's really vulnerable to to really deeply feel into the body and mm. to really acknowledge what it is that the body is telling you mm. it's like i've had some resistance to it you mm. know it's a process it's a process that we go through um of listening to the body so yes when we listen to the body all these things are possible and it's also really important i believe to discuss the the emotional aspects of really coming to the body and doing that and actually listening to the body and going against the grain of what we've been patterned to otherwise do in mm. our human existence. Yeah. Um, yeah, and my experience of that has been empowering and also terrifying, actually, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's when we're really going into the body, we were talking about how the gut is its old, they're old stories. Yeah. There's a lot of old stories that are held in there. And a lot of the time we're living our lives overriding that. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that developmentally the gut is our first brain when we're like yeah. little, little snails in utero yeah. and so many neurons alive in the gut, you know, just like the brain, um, mm. that there really is a lot of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual digestion happening throughout the entire body. Um, But, yes, our digestive system is helping us integrate the outer world with the inner world. You know, it's that passage. Um, Maybe I'll give a little example for me. 
I was watching, I'm very sensitive to screens. So throughout my life, I've never owned a TV, not as a political choice, just never really wanted one. But from time to time, I'll watch series or watch movies. And I mean, I I enjoy the art of it and the narratives and the storytelling. And my husband's a real like lover of cinema and all of that. So we connect in watching things from time to time. And sometimes I walk away feeling like this hangover of the narrative stays with me for so long. And I'm like, I don't know if this is worth it. I'm just feeling like I get flashbacks of the gross bits and the violence and the trauma. And anyway, recently I was watching Shantaram, really enjoying it and really noticing how connected and alive my body was. Um, And I took a different approach. I thought rather than say, oh, look, it's just too much for me. I'm just, I'm going to avoid, right? I'm going to avoid the experience. I thought, hmm. I snuggled up to my husband. I watched Shantaram with him and I felt the bigness in my body. And afterwards I thought, what if the universe is sending me an opportunity to digest so that the tr- the one of the trigger things that was alive in my body was a character who had abandonment and rejection as a child and found it very difficult to fall in love as an adult. And like, you know, you're really rooting for her. You want her to fall in love and let her guard down. And she does, she goes for it. She makes the courageous leap after episodes and episodes and episodes of um, her not feeling ready to be in relationship she makes the leap and then bam the next day it she's she's going to wake up to rejection the guy's not there and I was just really feeling this the courage of loving the courage of letting yourself have that intimacy and tell someone you're in love with them and be in love and the real the devastating vulnerability then of that loss and I thought what if the universe is giving me an opportunity to grieve all of my missed experiences and lost loves and the courage it took me to mar- to 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 walk the path of marriage and falling in love and knowing the the temporary nature of it that mm-hmm. nothing's forever and as we open ourselves up to love we open ourselves up to deep loss and grief too and that that constant push pull of of love and grief and i thought what if this is actually the universe's clever way of allowing me to digest some of that undigested grief i have in my body and so then being really willing to let shantaram be the portal that vibrates my body and moves it and just staying with it as long as it stays with it in my body. The absorption process for me of finding the nutrient is acknowledging that actually it's safe to feel this vibration. It's safe for me to go through this digestive process, no matter how absurd or awkward or quirky it seems to somebody else. If this is my digestive process at the moment of the invisible stuff in my body, I'm really willing to be up for that. So it's it's almost the polar opposite of the avoidance technique or white light, let's protect ourselves with white light and just not go there, light and love all the way. It's like actually let's be exposed, fully trust the body to feel it, let that vibrational package in and move it through my body and eliminate it so that that's one less thing for me to have lodged in my body, stuck and unexpressed. Like let it sing out of me. Um mm. 
So that was a recent experience of exploring this digestion absorption elimination process and how it really is in everyday life. I think the opportunities are infinite all the time if we're willing to be alive to this conversation. It's actually quite exciting. It's so exciting. It's exciting because as I hear you talk, um, I'm I'm just thinking about the the cultivation of wisdom, you know, the cultivation of wisdom that comes through from actually um, intentionally committing to that process that you described. Mm -hmm. And also harking back to what you said earlier about, you know, having those experiences and grieving the loss that 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 experience will never come back. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And yes, you won't have that exact same experience, but if we are metabolizing these experiences well, they're wisdom for us to expand and and grow and feel ever safer in our bodies and in our place on the earth. And that is the ultimate. That's the ultimate. That's what we're here to do: is to uh, open our hearts and mm. um, and be more of ourselves. And feel and feel completely um, like we belong. Like feel that really um, full sense of belonging, um, which is our birthright here yeah. on on Earth. And you know, and and that, and yes, you know, all the steps towards that are vulnerable. They're all vulnerable, and and meeting that vulnerability is the the process of deepening our wisdom. Is being able to hold ourselves and trust that we can move through those processes and that we can move through them safely. And even if it hurts and even if it's painful, that we will find our way um, and that we'll be able to compost what, you know, what doesn't serve us um, so that we can um, grow and move forward and blossom in new ways. Yeah, um, yeah I, I really... I really feel that that is what anchors me um, yeah. life, that understanding. Um, and that's the understanding that I apply to my life. It's the understanding that I teach. Um, and it's something that I feel as humans we're really missing, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think there's ancestral. I just read this beautiful paragraph somewhere in a, a lovely body mind book, I think. It was on... If we think about building neuro um, neurological structures that help us make sense of the world from the get up from in utero, our first experiences that the brain is computing and organizing are of total oneness. We are our mother. There's just a total circular oneness of energy, life force, movement, sound, nourishment. It's all connected. There is no me and you. There's no separation. And then we go through the birth canal and suddenly it's a you and me and we're thrust into the world of separation. And I think ancestrally or from some very animal space, our brain knows oneness. Our brain gets the interconnectedness of everything and that my breath is going into the trees for the trees to use that carbon dioxide and make oxygen, which could be my next breath. And, you know, the soil and the fungi and the bugs, it's just interconnectedness everywhere. And I think the the way there is so much development, damage, and destruction of our Earth Mother, at some level we all ancestrally grieve. Why are we treating the mother this way? She's our bounty. She's our sustenance. We rely on her 
She's our umbilical cord life force. Mm. And this is all the invisible stuff our body's holding and computing and processing. Um, and I want to say for me in this process, it's just been such an interesting inquiry, but understanding that probably for me the letting go piece is tricky. And I think that's why there was so much grief in the farewelling of presence and all oh, my babies growing and just with real awkwardness with farewells. And it's almost like part of me is now having to imagine and open up and create this expansive space for the excitement and possibility of what's coming and really trusting. Um, I think little Joey, my younger self, just felt like everything would be traumatic. <laughs> so, so the future was really linked to trauma so very apprehensive and very street smart always problem solving all the different challenges that could arise and being very prepared and street savvy but this new space of presence where everything's unknown and a mystery and unfolding I think is inviting me energetically to really trust the cycles of life force and actually by letting go I'm letting more in and as I'm letting go I'm more available for what is. I can be more in my body and present as opposed to partially present and partially in the past. Mm -hmm. um, still stuck in that stuff I haven't yet made my peace with. Um, so it is a really magical, miraculous, potent exploration and it really feels infinite um, to me. Shay, I want to talk a little bit about fatigue. I think it will be good for our listeners that not all fatigue is physical and mm. that we can have mental, emotional, spiritual fatigue. And by that I mean you're eating well, hydrated, you slept heaps, but you're just feeling this heavy, heavy, ongoing, never-ending fatigue. And this is a conversation that comes up quite a lot with my chronic vertigo, dizziness and tinnitus folks. Um, and they may have many clusters of symptoms and syndromes and diagnoses and the whole clinical shebang. But if we put all of that aside and look at the energetics and life force, it's something I'm exploring at the minute myself, never ends. <laughs> um, what are some of the things you've learned about yourself, your body, and how fatigue shows up? and how vitality and vibrancy flows, the flip side of it? That's a really full mm. question for someone who has raised um, a daughter on her own for the past 16 years mm. and has lived my life with many balls in the air mm. and have had to really do the work of um, being very intentional about how I utilise my energy, what I say yes and no to, where I draw lines in the sand. It's been uh, a journey for me of collapse at times in my life to actually learn the lessons um, to become more robust in my understanding of how fatigue influences me and how I can um, work with it in the best possible way. Mm. Um, I think boundaries and, and saying yes and knowing when to say yes and no has been absolutely critical um, for my experience of my wellness and my ability to um, stay as vital as possible. Mm. Um, but also the awareness that um, my experiences, like what I have 
um, carried forth with me through my experience of pain and trauma Mm -hmm. and exhaustion at times in my life and how they have, um, how those experiences have played out in my present world at times and the interplay there is what has really informed my experience of fatigue. So when I can make peace, like forgiveness, forgiveness is is huge with regards to the experience of fatigue, you know, forgiving myself for, you know, um, where I feel I've, um, I've stepped out of line, I've failed, I've I've perceived the perceptions of not doing the right thing, Mm -hmm. Um, forgiveness of my my parents, forgiveness of my siblings, of my my family, of my friends um, have enabled me to um, live my life with a greater sense of peace, actually. And then where there is, uh, where we're able to access peace, we're able to access more vitality. Mm. Um, so that for me has been um, has been a huge one, but it's something that I'm constantly navigating um, at, throughout my life, as, as I know we all are, because we're living in a really busy world, you know, and I'm choosing to live my life right here in the centre of Melbourne where there's so much going on around me all the time. So mm-hmm. therefore my intentionality must be, um, you know, like it, it just must be so present in my life um, for me to always orient back to myself, check in with myself as to um you know how I can support myself to relax and and to be more at peace in my body um so that I don't leak energy so that I don't I love that I love that visual and that the peace speaks to me too and some of the words that come to me in that sort of um the synonyms let's say of language is when I can enter a place of actual surrender and acceptance trust again the trust piece coming in um and i i just wanted to also say yes and welcome and celebration to your body for that intelligence of collapse that we mm-hmm. can always trust the body to bring us home mm-hmm. and the body will bring us home in what of whatever form it needs to um, it'll find ways to keep drawing us back when our, our personal energy and life force is scattered all over the world or all over the city. And for me, a few little, th- I, f- I feel like I've had a few little um, aha moments or clues and I'm not always noticing them, but now that I'm in this lovely pensive state, my Hungarian side of the family, my father's side of the family, I have a lot of trauma. They're immigrants here from Hungary through the war. Turns out I think um, we're Jewish. I just found that out <laughs> from my Jewish ancestry as well. <laughs> but there were, there were name changes and, of course, it was life and death. And so I think there's Jewishness in there, lots of secrets, lots of lies, lots of poverty, lots of hunger. And having a family Christmas meal with that family, I have always found energetically very difficult. And as a younger woman, had no idea why. But just an uber difficult experience. Um, I I felt really uncomfortable 
and felt like I really had to be a certain way, say, speak a, a certain way, dress a certain way, just a lot of unspoken, invisible energy and life force linked in with trauma for, for all really valid reasons. So one Christmas in my 20s, I knew it was going to be hard and I actually turned up with my own food, brought my own vegan salads, beautiful, colourful rice, and so I had my own food. Um, and I made a commitment to myself to body scan while I was there and I literally body scanned which was my way of redirecting my attention inward towards my body and scanning my body while maintaining social presence. And I left that three or four hour Christmas dinner just feeling really centered. And I didn't really think about it again, but I didn't, my life force didn't leave me. I kept my life force in my body. I kept my felt sense of self. It was my awareness, my inward direction, my intentionality. I didn't leak life force like I would. And as there were comments coming at me about my life, the shoulds, the judgments, all of that, I somehow found really graceful ways to mirror them back to the person asking. So I, I really held a sense of self and integrity. And then I never thought about it again until recently. Another one is overseas travel. I always, you know, anticipate the jet lag, the fatigue, the time zone change. And I'm not very good with screens. So when I jump on aeroplanes, I'll mostly read a book or just close my eyes and body scan, meditate. And what do you know? I never get jet lagged. I don't get fatigue. And I'm like, okay. So that's two examples of really noticing that my energy is staying in me when I stay in me, when my attention, where attention goes, energy flows, and my attention is intentionally directed around my body like a body scan, I seem to keep my life force in me. And then now fast forward, two little children, three and a half and an almost two-year-old, it's crazy my daily life. And then there's the phone and keeping up with um, my my career and logistics and nannies and babysitting and you know sometimes I'm just really tired I'm doggedly tired and I could go to bed at seven nap for two two hours with the boys in the middle of the day and still tired you know it's just like wow and so I've been experimenting and when my attention is really in the boys I'm not in my body you know I'm just sort of chasing them and my energy is going whoa and same with screens. And so I guess the moral of the story is for me, I'm noticing fatigue for me is a reminder that I've left my body. I need to come home. And something as simple and potent as the body scan process can be what I need to recycle and bring that life force back to me. Um, and I've had this imagery given to me of, you know, imagine there's lots of little parts of me like particles floating around the world, you know, over in those memories or that future something or rather or so past and future parts of me floating out of presence and just calling them home, just being fully present home energetically all of me. Um, I think playing with that and prior to this um, sort of deep dive inquiry, I don't think I gave the body scan 
and the energetics of presence enough kudos. I really was a bit flippant about it. Mm. Um, But now that I'm starting to really do my homework and embody the experience and play with it, which I encourage all of our listeners to do, I think I'm noticing how to bring my vitality back, how to use my breath, you know, how to sing more in life, how to let the music move through me. I might be filling up the water filter, you know, the tap, the water, the jug, and I can just feel this dance in my body that I'm really in my body. There's a sensuality, there's a pleasure, whereas it could be a real task and boring and you've got to wait for ages. <laughs> so it's mm. this it's this energetic eroticism actually in daily life that ah, the possibilities are just endless. They really are. And it's so beautiful to hear. It reminds me of that concept of finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. I know you and I have touched on this before. um, And, you know, I feel the same when I put my hands in dishwater. You know, I I just love it. I love it. It's such a beautiful sensual experience. I feel a peace arise in my body when I do it. And it's, you know, and I'm fortunate that I've got a window that looks out to the sky and out to a tree. So that's also really beautiful. Mm. That's also a really beautiful experience for me to, to take the time to take all of that in. Um, but just in doing that, you know, just reminding ourselves that those experiences are available to us. And those experiences are a very, you know, it's a very natural experience once we surrender and allow mm. um, ourselves to we'll really to to be intentional about it there's that word again it's it's such an important word you know to be intentional about how we use our energy and how we show up in in every moment mm. and these conversations are such a gift because we're not taught ever how to do this or or even all, the, the all we're brainwashed well, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, in yeah, sure. in really mm. unhelpful ways that can take years to sort of mm. um, go into that deep place of recognizing it's even in there. Yes. Um, yes. And as you're talking about the trees and the simplicity of you know letting the sun warm our skin or the wind kiss our face, you know all of these little moments of hearing the birds sing. If we're chock-a-block full of undigested experience in the body, that's hard. We're often not available. We're so full of the ruminations and the repeated thoughts and those vibrational packages that are on repeat, expressing themselves in the body through chronic pain, through symptomatology, um, chronic worries, really difficult emotions that coming home to the body can feel like a nightmare. And often that's actually where my rock steady community starts. So the body scan process is a really brave and courageous meander home, but it's worth it. And the more we come home and we reach this availability, I think the sweetness, the, the reward is in this mystical miracle of presence and allowing, you know, the flickering candle to be mesmerizing, um, and this almost. Sorry, Joe. I was going to say it's such an important thing to um, to comment on. You know, to not to not fight, to not fight, to to not um, fight with yourself. 
if you're feeling like it is overwhelming because I think that's a very natural thing to do, to like to really resist or to feel like you can't or you can't access that point Mm -hmm. and then fall back into the cycle of feeling like you're broken or you can't you can't do this or this is really really hard for you and that is the exact point rather than to to have that push pull experience within the body to just pause to not expect anything of yourself other than to just pause and just to be with what is and and that that also can be hard um but you know it's the it's that willingness to step into that very vulnerable space of um, power of noticing and not fixing or changing but simply noticing which is why the pause can be so difficult but so potent um yeah we could i just i've really been fascinated um by awakening this inquiry energetics and life force and vibrations and the invisible um and as we wrap up this conversation I think we were sort of moving toward you know what's the point and the why and the truth is there's no right way there's no wrong way there's just endless possibilities of different human expressions and I'm a believer that what we're ready for comes to us and what we're not ready for will actually stay beautifully suppressed and lodged away out of our consciousness where we're not even aware of it so whatever's arising, I believe, is the body saying, yeah, we're ready for this. Like We're ready to feel through this and connect to this. Um, from a neuroplasticity point of view, I feel like as we come home to the body and begin to digest some of the undigested patterns, and we can call them traumas or undigested life experience, uh, as we shift them out of that don't go there zone and the fight, flight, freeze, red zone of fear, we begin to myelinate them over into new areas of the body and brain that are held in loving, compassion, curiosity, presence, safety, playfulness, imagination, creativity, or so all of those vibrational packages and, and symptom clusters or worries, difficult emotions, those patterns begin to shift over into a more playful space. So that takes us down the pleasure conversation. We actually have an capacity and availability for more pleasure and we've spoken about this before Shane it's such a rich conversation of I have I've had experiences of pain physical pain in the body and emotional pain grief of when I stay with it willingly it transmutes into a pleasure because it's almost like my brain's like oh she's not running away from it she's not fighting it she's just noticing it and it starts to shift into a new part of my brain where I'm like, whoa, these vibrations are so alive and woo, um, really present with it. And it's not scary. It's not painful. It's, I mean, it's, it's really shifting along waves of orgasmic. It's this full body pulsing thrum. And I think that's exciting space too. Very, such an exciting space. And it's a reminder that when we open, we, we, uh, when we're willing to feel it and not fight it, mm. we're standing and we're not contracting. And pleasure is an experience of our willingness to expand that energy and mm. to not fight it 
and to not feel like we need to fix something, but just to be with the pulse of what is, um, mm. even if it's painful, even if it's difficult, um, especially actually. Mm. So it's um, it is a miraculous phenomena um, that happens um, that if we don't um, contract, that there's that possibility for that full body expansive um, orgasmic pleasure that can um, that can occur through the body and just how miraculously it can rise as well um, without the need to expect it or look for it or seek it or hold on to something you know so yeah. it is a practice it's definitely a practice um, and I think that's really important to remember if you're wanting to experiment and explore with this type of um, energy, um, that it does take time. I remember when I first started exploring it, um, I would just be, <laughs> it makes me laugh to think about it actually, because I'd just be like trying to hold on and like, where's my body orgasm? <laughs> it's just not happening for me. It just doesn't happen to me. It happens to everybody else in the room, but not me, you know. When I was at trainings and sort of really learning the, how to work with my body um, somatically. Um, and then when I let go, you know, when I, yeah, and it took, it actually took years for it's me. It's so courageous, um, yeah. Yeah, it took, it took a long time for it to. I can, I can relate to the window of tolerance concepts, which is a bit of a nervous system in neuroscience that it's like I can feel it expanding in both ways. Mm. And so I can feel that my pleasure was restricted because I couldn't hold those vibrations and I had to move through grief and trauma and old stuff to really expand my pleasure capacity, which, you know, I didn't understand all of that at the time. But now when I, I just look at the bird's eye view of it, there was that box of feeling sensation that I was comfortable with and then outside of that was like, no, thanks. Ooh, I'm not brave enough yet. And so it is, it does take years. It does take years. And for me, I find playfulness is so helpful, like keeping it light. And one of the other big aha moments for me was realizing the cost of agenda. Whenever there's an agenda of any form, whether it's an emotional agenda or a physical destination, but any agenda just really cuts me off and really sends me into that linear, boxed, harsh energetics. Mm. But when I soften and when I'm free and I'm, I'm experiencing flow, there's this sense of give and take and to receive and allow, and whether that's with other people or with nature, plants, the environment, if there's this real feeling of reciprocity that I'm an active participant in the world. I'm alive, I'm thrumming, I'm receptive, whereas previously energetically I was I was much more stunted I wasn't available I didn't get it I would go walking in nature and sort of think well a tree cool yeah without without remembering that we are these extraordinary manifestations of nature ourselves and and to remember that daily remembering that daily mm. is an extraordinary shift in consciousness in our experience of being here on the planet and being here in these bodies. Mm. Um, there's a much deeper trust that can be accessed when we remind ourselves of that. Yeah. And lastly, I think maybe to wrap up, 
when I spend time in nature, which I do now daily, and I'm really questioning, I've been connecting a lot to First Nations, Indigenous and Aboriginal knowledge and reading books, and it just makes so much sense just in my bones, you know, it feels like such a truth. Um, I'm learning how to listen to Mother Earth and read our seas and our skies, how to be more attuned to the animals. And this question of, you know, how do I care for the land? How am I giving back? Um, I'm on Wadawurrung country here in Australia and our Aboriginal ancestors of the land here ask us to only take what we can give back. And I'm questioning, well, how do I do that? How am I giving back? And how am mm. I conscious of what I'm taking? And I've started learning about our local ecology, weeding. I'll just take the boys out for play and I'm weeding the um, intrusive plants that are affecting our native vegetation. I'm learning how to plant and join local groups Um and it feels really beautiful to be in that energy of give, take, allow, receive um, quite directly beyond yeah. the invisible but then actually intentionally and purposefully going, well, how do I move this? Because I, I want to give back. I'm willing. What's my role here? And it feels like the more I ask these questions, I know what my role is um, because the earth's teaching me. And it's quite miraculous how I'm learning what my role is through the trees um, and through the sea spurge or, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, um, it is absolutely amazing. It's beautiful. I loved hearing that story of yours. Absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. When I look at nature, this is my final sort of thing of, of cycles and seasons. You know, summer's not better than spring. Autumn's not inferior to winter. Every season has its song, has its rhythm, has its energy, has its life force, has its purpose. And when I look at my veggie patch or my trees or my soil, there's smelly bits and, you know, slimy bugs and fungus and algae and slime. And before I was really tapped into this energetic life force inquiry, I was a bit icky about the compost bin and the way it smelled and the way it looked and mm, and I didn't want to talk about the bugs and, you know, all of the different discoloured leaves. Now I look at things with what's your purpose? Hello, slime. Hello, algae. Hello, little bug. And everything has a role. And the more information I gather, the more fascinated I am, the more curiosity balls up. And that's us. Like we are nature. We've got our slimy bits. We've got our algae bits and we've got our maggots and compost how can we get curious and rather than look at a blemish and be like oh why do I have that pimple can we look at it like we might look at a, a leaf on the tree changing color or a leaf that's been eaten away by an insect and has some holes in it and some discoloration you know it's in nature this quote-unquote imperfection it's all beautiful it's all color and really embracing diversity and variety as a strength and how can we take what we're learning and seeing in nature in all of her glory and all of her warts and all of her viruses, mm -hmm. how can we really let this touch us, move us and inform us of our inner landscape? 
the rivers, the mountains, the trees, the shrubs, the ground covers, you know, the underground fungi networks. We've got all of this metaphorically inside of us. And so I'm, again, just really reiterating the intelligence of the body to collapse when we're fatigued, that the body's Mm. calling us home and saying, stop, pause. Mm. Our life force is leaking and this is not okay. Let's bring it back. Um, It's a profound intelligence. mm, Yeah, and it's everywhere and it's freely available. Mm. Yet we're brainwashed really to think we need that PhD and that cream and that, you know, we're always seeking out there what I think is alive within us in here intuitively and maybe it's time collectively we start reclaiming our intuition so we can all care for the earth and we can all know our role. Yes. Um, yeah, we could go on. Shay, thank you so much. Thank you, Joey. Such a beautiful conversation and such a pleasure to be here and be part of it. Mm. Do you have any closing feelings, statements? What's your body wanting to say as we end this conversation I think off the back of what you've just said is the um the willingness to look beyond what we've been conditioned to view as intelligent um which is you know very much of the mind and just remembering that this innate intelligence lives within us and that we can tap into it and and that intelligence you know helps us um, to to live um, as empowered, free, loving beings here on the planet, which is what we all seek, right? So, you know, this conversation is so rich and beautiful. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you again for inviting me on. Mm, such a pleasure. And as empowered, free, loving beings, it's perfectly welcome to collapse on the floor and feel deep grief. Like it's, that's everything. It's the full wholeness. Um, thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. You can find more information about me on my website. And Shay, would you like to speak aloud for our podcast listeners how they can find you? Yes, so you can find me at my website, which is Shay, S-H-A-E, Elise, E-L-I-S-E, all one word, dot com. Shayelise.com. Until next time, Shay, it's a bye for now. Bye, Joey.